Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we gotta bring in <clears throat> excuse me, we gotta bring in the entire fan band over on Facebook. Give us one second, we gotta let it breathe. <clears throat> Get this frog out of my throat, and we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. My fellow football priest. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it was kind of cool to wake up to the news today that Drew Locke had been recognized for his powerhouse performance. I will call it a powerhouse performance. Last week against the the Panthers, earning FedEx you know, Aaron Ground, Player of the Week uh, honors. Your thoughts on him getting the, the award? Oh, by the way, look at that. Rocking the Let Him Hate, dude. Robert nice. Skinner. Love it, dog. See you, Robert. Um, Robert send, send, us that, send us that selfie, dude. Zach, go on. I believe the last person, and correct me if I'm wrong, the last Broncos quarterback to win this particular honor was Peyton Manning. And, again, it doesn't mean much overall. It's a – it's – it doesn't make him the franchise quarterback, but Chad, a bust, I think, wouldn't have won this award. Paxton Lynch did not win this award. As far as I know, Brock Osweiler did not win this award. So it lends credence to the 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 raw product that Drew Locke is. One week against the Chiefs or the Raiders, he can look so terrible, and the next week against the Dolphins or the Chargers or the Panthers, he can put up a, a performance like that. He throws four touchdowns, 77.7% completion percentage, almost perfect passer rating. It shows what the Broncos potentially have. It's it just a glimmer of the ceiling. If you look way up there, almost where Zeus is, Chad, way up in the sky, you see Drew Locke's ceiling. You see that it's there and where he is now and where he can be going forward. It's exciting, and it wasn't the only honor given out to a Bronco today, you know, from league from the NFL, from uh, the league front office. Deontay Spencer, the punt returner, kick returner, was named AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. So, And then you go on top of that, we learned that Justin Simmons won the Darrant Williams. Now, this is an internal award given out by the team, but Justin Simmons won the Darrant Williams Good Guy Award, making him the only three-time winner of that award in team history. And, of course, uh, Darrant Williams was murdered at the end of the 2008 season. After the Broncos had backed out, they, they had the playoffs. It was there, and then they lost their final three. 
to uh, Alex Smith, the final game, right? And the, and the San Francisco 49ers that year. And then they went out partying that night and, and Darren mm-hmm. Williams was murdered and lost his life. So yeah. it goes to honor his special spirit, his special soul. Um, already that was one of his sayings one of his little catchphrases meaning like good to go bring it type thing but kind of cool to see the broncos hey man this is just another sign zach that when you do good things on the field it not only helps you out in the standings but it builds up your cachet this is why you know teams like the saints teams like uh the packers those are the teams that are sending the most pro bowlers to the all-star game year in and year out the teams that are winning because you know, you're you're putting up stats. You're in the highlights. ESPN's running you every single night in between games. It's not rocket science. No, and if you take away Von Miller, I would say Justin Simmons is the most recognizable Broncos player to the national media and to the national, uh, you know, fan base among NFL fans. Uh, he's a great guy for the locker room, a great guy for the community. He's a great guy on the field. This incrementally gives him more leverage in contract negotiations this offseason. The Broncos know what they have in him. He's an all-pro on the field, an all-pro off the field, and he's going to get that bag this offseason. And right. All right, guys, we do have a lot we want to get to tonight. We want to dive deep on some of the talking points, some of the smoke signals emanating from Dove Valley today that kind of point to where the team is kind of viewing the offensive coaching staff in terms of, you know, are they safe coming out of 2020? Is there going to be continuity for Drew Locke in the offense? There were some talking points that we're going to analyze here today, go through a few other interesting points that came out of Broncos HQ. But first gang, we do have to take care of some quick matters of business, starting with the sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast right now, gang, as you know, Gambling is legal in the state of Colorado. You got to go to sportsbetting.com to get your bets in. It is the no-brainer, and here's why. Sharp odds, low juice. They have their own in-house bookmakers at sportsbetting.com. That means they're not a third-party provider of odds. That means reduced juice. That means best prices in the market. Also, hassle-free bonuses, which you can roll over after one time other sites, you know, you got to wait five to 30 times before you can roll that over, access that money. And then 24-7 live support, and it's always a real person in the United States, which is crucial anytime you're dealing with anything remotely associated with monetary concerns. If you have a question, if you have a concern, you want to be able to reach a real human being, and they provide that does sportsbetting.com. But here is the kicker gang at sportsbetting.com right now. You can get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to a thousand bucks, and it's not just one bet, it's all of your bets. And the way it works is you play for a week, you make your bets. If you have losses that exceed your winnings, at the end of the week, sportsbetting.com covers those losses, the difference up to a thousand dollars, and you can roll it over after one time. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle. That is sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle and capitalize on a risk free week of sports betting up to a thousand dollars. Dollars. All right, a couple other quick things. We'll dive right back into the topics in the stream. Follow the podcast on Twitter, gang, at HuddleUpPod, and the main account, at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at – oh, I just realized I changed the brand to record the, uh, the video with Kim, and I forgot to throw back on. Here's our display names. As you can see on the screen here, at Kelberman NFL is how you connect with Zach, myself, at Chad and Jensen, and our producer, John Ke- – uh, John K at John K M H H. Last thing here, guys, is a gentle reminder. Check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on, get a hat, get a t-shirt, get a face mask, a mug, a hoodie. 
Zach's rocking the uh, State of Being hoodie, one of the favorites. Also, shout out to our Facebook supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you. And we have some really big plans coming for you that we're going to roll out starting in January. It's going to be content, access, the whole nine yards, specifically and only for our dedicated official Facebook supporters. If that's something you'd like to look into, support what we're doing here and get access to that, just go to our page, click the big blue button to become a supporter. And you're in like Flint. And then last thing, gang, if you can't do those things, you can't patronize the merch store or become a supporter, you know, be a super chat superstar. It's all good. We're just stoked to have you in the stream with us. Or if you're listening after the fact, we appreciate each and every one of you. We do ask these three things. It's just, it's a small ask. It's a small call to action. Subscribe. Number two, like this video is especially crucial on YouTube and Facebook. And then three, share it out there. That's the litmus test. If we're doing a good job, share this out there. Help us continue to grow. Reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own, to always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Man, it feels nice to celebrate a Broncos win. And what better way to do that than with Coors Hard Seltzer? Because this is not your average seltzer, gang. Rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability is a brand inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Never before has it been so easy to make a difference, make an impact, be an activist, and never before has it been so enjoyable. Coors Heart Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. Whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Heart Seltzer, you're volunteering. Our waterways, gang, are at risk. 80% of America's rivers, they're drying up. But through a partnership with Change the Course, Course Hard Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Each 12-pack of Course Hard Seltzer, here's how it works, restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. And the results, 1 billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., including the Colorado River. And that's just year one. You get four refreshing flavors, one cool cause, Enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon lime, or my favorite, grapefruit, and the specs are in gang. Coarse Hard Seltzer is 4.5% ABV, and Zach, it's only 90 calories. Man, Chad, I am hyped after a big quality Broncos victory. I'm celebrating with my Coors Hard Seltzer. I got my mango flavor. That's my personal favorite. Combining football and Coors Seltzer is the way to go for any football fan, Chad. So join the world's easiest volunteer program By simply drinking Coors Hard Seltzer, you can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Hard Seltzer, you help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. It's really that simple. So visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find 
Coors Hard Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, John, let's grab a Stu's Super Chat if you have him. Uh, or John, Okay, we'll grab John first. I wasn't sure which was in order. Appreciate you, Jonathan Figueroa, jumping in with that Super. He Thanks. says, Broncos get the upset in a 42-38 shootout. 31 GW pick. I don't know what that last thing means. Justin Simmons game-winning interception. Okay, I love it. I'm, I'm getting good at this. I mean, <laughs> like, again, the, the analogy is I'm like the 41-year-old dad trying to decipher teenage text lingo, and Zach, you know, he he gets me there. But what are your thoughts to Jonathan's exuberance with regard to this coming matchup? Oh, man. I, I'm not going to sit here and say the Broncos stand a good chance of winning. This is a really, really, really good Buffalo team, not just on offense, but defense as well. I wrote about them today. They're not really a top five or top 10 unit in any area on defense, but they're within the top 16, the top half of the NFL in takeaway sacks, um, allowing quarterback opposing passer rating. They're a tough defense. I don't know about 42 points against this Buffalo team. It would certainly, though, bode well for Locke's future, wouldn't it, Chad? If he can get into a shootout with arguably an MVP frontrunner, if not candidate, in Josh Allen. And you know the, the comparisons between Allen and Drew Locke. He actually spoke on that uh, yesterday, or Locke did, or today, I think it was, in his press yeah, today. conference today. Yeah. And, and he knows what he could be. He knows, looking on the other side of the aisle, what kind of quarterback he could become. Shootout, I don't know. But if we see just the same type of mentality and the same type of coaching that he got last week, uh, they stand a decent chance. We'll take a look today on tonight's stream at some of the uh, head-to-head matchups, comparisons with regard to the Broncos and Bills. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But I don't blame you for feeling a little bit bullish, Jonathan, especially coming out of that game. And, you know, the ante is getting up in terms of the level of competition is going to be a little bit stiffer because that Bills offense is just a force to be reckoned with. So it's going to be an interesting litmus test. Zeus McPeak jumping in early Ooh. on the chat. We love you, my friend. Thank you. He's uh, MHH Mount Rushmore, the first face. You guys hear us say this all the time, etched up there on MHH Mount Rushmore. Zeus McPeak, he says, hi, all. Appreciate you, my friend. It is excellent. Always love seeing you and talking with you in the stream, my friend. Uh, he says, I'm on a flight about to depart Houston to Seattle. Well, safe travels, my friend. Safe travels sure. to Stay you. Safe. Um, safe. All right. Shout out real quick to Jerry. Uh, one of our Facebook supporters, he hops back and forth. Sometimes he's on Super Chat. He's just a massive Broncos fan and a huge yeah. supporter of MHH. Good to see you, my friend. And the same goes for Albert, longtime MHH guy, and one of our Facebook supporters as well. Hops on over to Super Chat as well. Just we're so lucky. Muhammad, good to see you, my friend. MHH male model in the hizzy. Good to see you. So, All right, Zach. John, before you get anything else queued up here, I wanted to get Zach's thoughts and everyone else's thoughts on some of what the talking points were today. Now, Zach, you had the article, and I'll pull it up, uh, some of the quotes, so we can all kind of read along here. But Drew Locke kind of, you know, he took a question on the topic, so it's not like he was out there, you know, trying to sell this per se. But when asked about Pat Shermer continuity in 2021, having the same scheme and all that, he stood up on a soapbox and went to bat for Pat Shermer. 
Yes, he did. And also Mike Shula. He said it would be awesome. Again, like you mentioned, Chad, he was asked about this. What would it mean if they would return for next season? And he said that'd be awesome. And he referenced that he really hasn't had any continuity since his sophomore year of college at Missouri, having the same play caller two years in a row. So it's tough on a young quarterback, not only losing the reps from this offseason, but going from Scangarello's system to Pat Shermer's system. Now that he's finally comfortable with Shermer and Shula, over their predecessors, I think he wants that continuity into next year. But what he said, though, Chad, he wants to keep making those strides as a quarterback. I will say this. If those strides continue from last week, he will get his wish, and continuity will be his with Pat Shermer. Here's the specific quote on what it would mean to have Shermer and Shula stay with the Broncos. Quote, yeah, that'd be awesome. It'll be my first comforting feeling since my sophomore year of college to be able to have uh, Josh Hupel back uh, in back-to-back years. He's one of the more inspirational guys to me in my football career. And it's probably because I ended up having him more than one year in my life. It's nice to have somebody that you're familiar with, that you feel like you have continuity with, and that you know he knows you. And you know in your heart that you know him as a play caller. You know how they're going to coach. You know what they expect. And it, it'll it just make me feel comfortable. I think it'll make everybody feel comfortable, not only myself. It's obviously important for the quarterback to feel comfortable But as a quarterback, you want everyone else around you to feel comfortable. And I feel like having the same play caller in this organization for more than one year would be huge for us. Zach, how much of a talking point do you think this has really been in terms of a debate amongst the shot callers in Denver between John Elway, Matt Russell? I'll throw Joe Ellis in there because I'm sure he's going to have to, you know, sign off on if you fire another coordinator or not. And Vic Fangio, has this really been an issue where they're considering at any point this season? making this a one-and-done for the Shermer-Shula regime? I don't know that they really heavily considered it, though. As I wrote in my article, during those low points, during the Raiders games and the Chiefs games and when the Broncos were going through the losing streaks, I I think they at least thought to themselves to flip the page to 2021 and ask themselves one question. Like I wrote, is this this arrangement, Locke, Shula, and Shermer, is this the proper setup for, for the future going forward, for years beyond this season, that's what they asked themselves. And right when that answer was pointing toward no, you saw signs of life against the Chargers, against the Patriots, against the Dolphins, and finally a complete four-quarter performance against the Panthers. So in a sense, you can say that the coaching is helping Locke become a better quarterback. You can say that he's actually progressing, which was the entire point of hiring Shermer and Shula in the first place, Chad. It wasn't for their play calling or for their schemes necessarily. It was to move an inch and nudge Locke along in his development. And it took them a while. They lost out on reps. Locke mentions that. He mentions a lack of preseason. And his last point there was so – I love that he said that. It's not just him. There's 10 other guys on the field on offense who would all stand to benefit from having continuity. I'm the last one to advocate for Pat Shermer to be the longtime coordinator. I'm one of his biggest, harshest critics. But if he can continue to mold Locke like we saw last week, I'm for him staying next season. Yeah, I mean, even through some of the – deepest parts of the valleys here, you know, right? The peaks and the valleys of this Broncos offense in 2020, I've kind of maintained, I've erred more on the side of, hey man, you know, Mulligan. This was just such a weird year for everyone involved coaching wise. Let's give them 2021 and see how a full NFL calendar together can change the game. And I think that's honestly, that's the way the team has been viewing it. I think it would take some kind of catastrophic Budding of heads between Locke and his QB coach, or Locke and the OC, and or and or just a you know horrendous. I mean, take the worst Drew Locke performance this year 
and make that every single week to end the season. All right, get rid of the guy. But here's what Fangio said. This was a theme today at Dove Valley on the benefit of having a consistent system in terms of what it means for a quarterback. Quote, yeah, there's no doubt about uh, there's no doubt about it that continuity, especially as it relates to a quarterback, can have tremendous positive effect. You see it all around the league with a lot of the successful quarterbacks, both young and older. I mean, Drew Brees has been with the New Orleans Saints forever, it seems. Tom Brady's run at New England, Peyton's run at the Colts, this uh, Mahomes' fourth year with the Chiefs. You just see it time and time again where the continuity ends up paying off and players develop better, particularly the quarterback. Now here's the kicker, and hopefully – We'll be able to get that done with Drew here. Close quote, Zach. Your thoughts? I think they're definitely leaning toward retaining Shermer for 2021 because, again, they never wanted to blow this up after one year. They didn't want Locke to bomb. They didn't want Shermer and Shula to bomb. They wanted this all to work out, and they want this to continue on into next season. They want the forward momentum. Though I will say, though, this all happens. These comments are coming out, and this narrative is being written right after the Broncos had a great game and that Drew Locke had a career-best performance. If you would have had a crappy performance, would we still be saying these same things? Would they still be talking up Pat Shermer? Would Drew Locke still be answering the same kind of question? We don't know that. Winning cures all. But for at least one week, for at least four quarters, you saw a glimpse of what Shermer and Locke can do. And Shad, when it's done correctly, it, it's pretty fun to watch. One of the analogies I use is, and you guys heard me say this on Monday, might have been the gut reaction, but I think it was the aftermath pod. But basically that the reason you saw the, the, the offense click the way it did last week, and really vast improvements starting with the Miami game up until this point, even the Chiefs game, which was you know uneven, a little bit up and down, and just hard-fought game against an elite opponent, dating back to the, to the Dolphins game, throw out the Saints game, this offense has shown steady, consistent improvement. And the analogy I use, Zach, is – you know, you lose 14, 1,600 reps because of OTAs in the preseason. This is where they are today. As an offense, Shermer jiving with Locke, Locke jiving with Shula in terms of his coaching emphasis and philosophies as a quarterback's coach. That's probably about where they'd be somewhere toward the end of the first quarter of the season if they would have had the offseason in the preseason. But um, your thoughts to that notion, Zach, and then we'll grab Albert here. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I mean, he even mentioned that himself, Chad. He mentioned the preseason games he lost. He mentioned the reps that he lost. And it's all, and he's self-aware enough. It doesn't make him to be himself an apologist or make excuses. He realizes for a first-time, first-year starting quarterback, he needs every rep he can get. And learning a new system and not having those games, not having those opportunities, that's devastating, Chad. It's really difficult. Albert Knopper's jumping in with the question over on Facebook. He says, how come the Broncos didn't go after Prince Amukamara? Now, this was a very hot topic in Broncos country throughout the offseason, the summer, and really into the early parts of the season. Then finally died out when fans realized that for whatever reason, the Broncos were not going at Prince. And then he ended up signing with Vance Joseph's Cardinals in the middle of October, and he has since remained there on the practice squad. So, you know, that's it is what it is. I think in a perfect, you know, in a vacuum, the Broncos would have, should have, could have, they probably would like to maybe rewind and, and maybe go back and bring him in. But we don't, we don't know, Zach. I mean, I think it was age, to be honest with you. And probably, uh, I mean, seeing that he was willing to take a practice squad spot, I don't know how much money could have played a factor because he ain't making anything right now on the practice squad. I mean, relative to what he's used to making. But if he's going to join a team like Denver compared to the Cardinals, he's going to want money, whereas the Cardinals, he can win a ring. So it, it, it all balances out with him. Uh, I will say Vance taketh and Vance giveth because we got Devontae Bosby back because Vance decided to cut him. So I'm happy with that trade-off. Prince would have been a nice veteran addition, but you know what? Michael Ojemudia, I think, took a bigger step in his development this season than Broncos coaches were anticipating. So it makes up for the loss of not having a true veteran back there like a Mukamara. Hey, hey uh, on that topic um, – Congratulations, by the way, to Joshua, who I'm connected with on on Facebook. I won't I won't air your laundry in public, but congratulations to that new development in your life, by the way, my friend. Good to see. Um, Zach, Tom's saying here, what do we do with Tim Patrick? He's a restricted free agent next year. Thanks, guys. Um, Bob Morris, Mile High Huddle's Bob Morris, had an article two days ago that went like wildfire on social media that said, look, the best thing to do, considering the fact that, you know, you got Jerry Judy and KJ taking big steps forward, expectedly anyway, in year two, you got Cortland coming back. The best thing with Tim would be to tag him, you know, RFA tender him, probably second round, and then trade him, you know, give his agent permission to seek a trade. What are your thoughts to that notion? Or do you think he's shown so much this year that you just don't look that gift horse in the mouth? You hold on to him because you just right. don't know what the future might hold. You can't have enough weapons on offense. And, and Tim Patrick, no matter the quarterback in Denver, he's shown tremendous ability and chemistry with his guy. And with Locke, it's just a different kind of um, alchemy they have together. And that was, you know, we saw it last year in the Houston game, that long pass down the sideline, or it might have been the Chargers game. It was still one of the first plays Locke made. It was to Tim Patrick. And if you tender him at the second-round level, what is that, $3 million bucks? for next season. That yep. is nothing for a player like Tim Patrick's ability. And let's just say for the sake of conversation, Cortland Sutton comes back a little slower from his injury or KJ Hamler goes down or Jerry Judy goes down. God forbid you need another guy to step up in there. And they don't really have another guy waiting in the wings with Tim Patrick's ability. I am keeping him all day. If another team wants to trade a second round pick, I, I might entertain that conversation, but I'm not giving him away for the sake of trading him. I'm a big fan of TP he deserves a multi-year deal as far as I'm concerned. Dude, if a team offered a second-round pick, I'd be all over that. Take him, thank you, please, just because of the weapons, and that's just such a high – because of the weapons the Broncos already have. But I'm still with you on everything you just said because, 
look, if you would have asked me that question at the beginning of the season, even right after Cortland went down, I would have said with regard to Timmy P, you know, yeah, you know, RFA tender him and, and okay, see if he can trade him. But I wouldn't have expected then there to be much interest in a Tim Patrick trade out there on the open market. But now, Zach, he's really blossomed. We can take a look at some of his stats, but he has really blossomed into a burgeoning number one caliber. He might not be that same transcendent dynamic talent as an ex receiver that Cortland is, but he's getting dang close, man. And even those in the national media are starting to pay attention. I saw Field Yates from ESPN. He has a fantasy segment he does, a video fantasy segment. And he said, Tim Patrick, he highlighted Patrick and said, he's been doing great things for the Broncos this season. And I quote tweeted that and said, since 2018. Any Broncos fan, any Broncos media member has seen Patrick for the last couple of years, and no matter the quarterback, the situation, the circumstance, he has produced. I'm a big fan of his game. Big fan. Shout out to Duke, and much love to you, my friend, one of our longtime listeners, community members. He's a MHH Mount Rushmore cat himself and just a dedicated member of our community. Much love to you, my friend. Hope your family's doing well this holiday season. He says, Chad and Zach, thank you for everything you do. I speak for all of us live chatters. You bring the light into our darkness. Thank you. That's very kind. Thank you, dude. Yes, that's incredible. And you guys do the same. I'm sure I can speak for Chad right now. You guys do the same for us. It's been a salvation four times a week, every single week this year, especially. Thank you, Duke, and thank you, everyone. Now, look at this. I normally blow this up so that everyone can can see the head-to-head, and we'll do that here a little bit later. But look at the receiving yards. Can you make that out, Zach, through the – yeah. Okay, so Patrick currently, gang, if you would have taken odds, right, when Cortland went down and said, all right, who's, who's, who's got the bets on which wide receiver is going to lead the team, you know, entering week 15 in receiving yards, I don't think there's anybody that would have guessed it would be Tim Patrick. They would have all picked Jerry Judy. Yep. And even though they're close, they're only separated by seven yards receiving. Patrick currently leads the team. With 643, Judy's at 636, and then Fant checks in at 492 as far as receiving yards. And, Zach, look, it's probably going to be – there's just not quite enough sand left in the hourglass to get both these guys to 1,000. In fact, I don't think either one's going to end up getting to 1,000, but I think they're going to both get pretty close. I I estimate with three games left, they're probably going to end up, both of them, around the 850 mark in terms of yardage, which is ironic because the over-under on Jerry Judy's – uh, receiving yards before the season started was, I want to say it was somewhere around like 850, yes. 875, something like that. I was going to say, this is what we predicted about before the season. We didn't think Judy was going to be a thousand yard guy off the bat. Of course, this was, this was before Cortland Sutton's injury, but if he can finish anywhere 850 to 900, considering the circumstances, three different quarterbacks, all that's happened this year, and considering how unhappy he was earlier a couple weeks ago, Jerry Judy, 900 yards would be a good season for him. But right there proves how valuable Patrick has been, Chad. Look, he's he's not the most physically gifted receiver, the fastest, the biggest. He just makes plays constantly. He's the Shelby Harris of offense, unheralded guy, just so extremely clutch every game. By the way, since we're looking at this, look at Stephon Diggs, man, just really – locking in with Josh Allen. He's already at 1,200 yards receiving. Basically. Beast. Even Cole Beasley, he's going to cross 1,000. Josh Allen, in year three, as a quarterback, is it three? 18, yeah, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to probably end up with 2,000-yard receivers, which is just phenomenal. Now, you look back to 2016, that was the last time the Broncos had 2,000-yard receivers. That was DT, the last stand, really, of DT and Emmanuel Sanders together 
in terms of just both really playing at a high level. You still had the Super Bowl squad intact for the most part, at least on the defensive side. But, man, they're going to have their hands full, this beat-up and battered Broncos secondary against this this group. I, I shudder to think what, you know, Nate Hairston's going up against with, with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. The Broncos picked a really bad time to have a bad time in their secondary. Down all these cornerbacks, it's going to be tough. That's why I'm saying if – if the Broncos are counting on a shootout for Locke to win, if, if they're counting on a five-touchdown game from Locke, it's probably not going to happen. I'm just holding out hope that with three games left, that Locke can get over 3,000. I know he missed some time. He missed a few starts, and so that kind of skews the numbers. But I want, to see, I want to see him get over three. And look, he's, what, 800 yards away? So you break that up over three games. It's definitely possible, Zach. And then Josh Allen, I mean, blowing the doors down, three, uh, 3,600 yards passing. And then he's also got 350 rush yards. So this dude's already produced more than 4,000 yards from scrimmage. Hmm. And then we, we go down and look just real quick. Interceptions, Simmons, four. Uh, Tredavious White leads their team with three. Sacks, Chubb, seven and a half, still sitting at seven and a half, man. He only needs two and a half more to get to, to double digits, which would be such a huge triumph for him coming off that injury. I think he does it. I think he actually has a, a couple sacks. This week. I think he gets a Josh Allen. Um, I think he will get to 10. I hope so. Uh, Terry Randall, good to see you, my friend, up there north of the 49th parallel. It proves each and every time that Broncos country is not a geographic location. As you can see here, it's a hashtag state of being, baby. Good to see you, my friend. He says football priests, hashtag state of being, hashtag M-H-H-U-N. Another awesome hashtag that has emerged from this community. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. Uh, Let's see here from Bradley. We sure had our ups and downs this year, but as you both counseled us, we needed to wait to the end of the season before knowing where we can go with Drew and Shermer, hashtag MHH football priest. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, even as media, as fans, you know, we were a lot more, you know, uh, we want the instant gratification. A lot of times we live and die by game to game, whatever the result is, and people go jump into conclusions, whether they're good, whether they're negative. But internally, more often than not, in very rare situations where, you know, it's a lot of pressure, the teams have a much more long, you know, it's more of a long view, right? They're playing the long game. And, you know, the Broncos knew as soon as the – I, I hate to use this this phraseology here with regard to the Broncos, but once the body started hitting the floor so quick to start the season so rapidly and prolifically, and it was all the best players and the stars, especially on defense – they knew that this was just going to be probably another one of those seasons. And so they're still looking at, well, we need to get those reps in. We need to get, see some development. We need to see guys, you know, th- these, it's like Elway talked about two weeks ago with Drew is I'm excited about Drew and all these reps, even though there's sometimes, you know, Drew has a bad game or it's an uneven game or inconsistent, all those reps, seeing how defensive coordinators play, seeing how coverages work in the league, seeing how corners play uh, and and uniquely kind of go off your your wide receivers and the different talent and personnel you have, all those reps are going to add up in the bank, so to speak, to where next year he's going to be able to make some pretty, pretty sizable, uh, you know, withdrawals, so to speak. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. 
We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. It's a good analogy, and I, I think I said it after the Chiefs' loss, I believe it was, that amid all the calls for the Broncos to draft, you know, Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or whoever, trade for Matt Stafford, I said, you might be thinking that right now, but the Broncos aren't. They're not thinking about another quarterback. They're not thinking about the offseason. They are letting the rest of this season play out. They are letting what Drew Locke can do and every game he plays and every snap he takes play out before rushing to a conclusion. That is how NFL front offices operate, Chad. Like you said, they don't think with emotion. They don't really have emotional ties to these players. It's a business. They're looking out for themselves and what's in the best interest of their team. So Elway's not emotionally invested in Locke like he wasn't emotionally invested in Case Keenum or Flacco or Paxson or Simeon. It's the best quarterback for this team. He is not going to decide anything until the last three games. So you said we counseled you to wait. Keep waiting because the Broncos are. They're not going to stop. They're not going to start their evaluation process for next year until this season is fully in the books. Benjamin, hope everything's okay, my friend. He says, supporting y'all from the hospital. Go Broncos. I hope everything's okay, my friend. Our thoughts are with you. And uh, positive vibes and and prayers up, my friend. Uh, We got Isaiah 1127 jumping in on Super Chat, one of our superstars. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for your support and just how consistent you are in the community. He says, what's up, fellas? What do we need to do to slow down Josh Allen this Saturday? Keep up the good work, guys. Hashtag MHH family. That's a really good question because containing Josh Allen is like containing a better passing, you know, a more dynamic thrower, Cam Newton in his prime, right? Like Cam Newton back in the day because, you know, it's kind of a pick your poison proposition, but really the key is, Look at the model the Broncos produced in Super Bowl 50 that just popped Cam Newton in the mouth and really kind of neutralized all of his strong suits and the best of his skill set. I think you got to get after him first and foremost. And it's not easy to do because, you know, he's a big, strong guy. He's elusive, A. B, he's athletic. C, he's a big, strong guy. So even when you get there, if you don't wrap up and and hit him with, with power – He's going to shake loose or at least buy himself enough time to do a Ben Roethlisberger on you and dump it off or make a throw. So it's really tough. But I think, Zach, to to answer the question as directly as possible, I think you got to get after him as far as your edge and your interior pressure. But you got to walk that line in terms of keeping contained because he will break loose. I mean, even last year, the Broncos played Allen down the stretch late in the season. And, you know, he had a few just gash runs and. Those, that's what you want to avoid because I think even with this depleted secondary, Zach, the way Fangio schemes and just his his football voodoo that he's got going on, I think you can 
kind of hang with the passing game if you can pressure Allen and not let those big gash scrambles. Not so much the des- I don't worry so much about the design runs because they do a lot of power runs, QB design power runs. I'm talking about broken play, breaking the pocket, getting outside, and just gashing you. The freelancing. You mentioned mm-hmm. Cam Newton. I think it's like containing a stronger version of Patrick Mahomes in a sense because he can hurt you with his legs. He can hurt you with his arms. And Josh Allen makes so many plays off script. He's really fun to watch, actually. If you just, he can break contain, he can break a sack, he can run around and throw a ball 65 yards in the air with just a flick of his wrist. Really good quarterback. I would wager to say they have to, you know, be careful not to blitz or get over aggressive. You might want to play more zone. It's a it's a timing based system they have with Diggs and Cole Beasley, a slot receiver. They don't have much of a running game to be afraid of. So if they can force Allen through the air and clog those passing lanes, don't let him break outside. Don't let him make plays. Keep the pressure on, but keep everything in front of you. These secondary members, these cornerbacks the Broncos have remaining, the healthy ones, and Simmons and Jackson and Parks cannot allow Diggs or Beasley or John Brown, who might play in this game as speedster, to get behind them. Keep everything in front of them and tackle. Tackle, tackle, tackle. You get your hands on the guy and bring him down to the ground. That's one key to victory. John, do you have Diamond Rattler's first super? I was just going to grab it and the stream jumped. Okay. Diamond Rattler jumping in with the super chat. Thank you for the support, my friend, and for being a part of the conversation. I'm not 100% sure what you mean here, though. He says, Zach, bro, stop chewing our ear off about Locke. We know he makes mistakes. I'm not sure what he means. Wait, so I was a Locke apologist, and now I'm too harsh of a Locke critic? I mean, I mean, which one is it? I, I understand he makes mistakes. I understand he's not perfect, but he's also not the worst quarterback either. Can't win, Chad. Can't, can't win for losing on Drew Locke. Hey, it's all good. It's all good. And here's the thing about one of the things Zach and I love about our live stream and the community and what we do here is that sometimes we're going to disagree. I might say something that you guys bristle at, you know, some of you bristle at, disagree with, take exception to. It's like that encounter I had with DH3 on the website the other day at myhuddle.com on an article about Jerry Judy. He didn't like what I had to say and, and my my joke and whatnot, but it's all good. That's what we love about these live streams is it's real people, real reactions, hashing out real issues. And we love it. So we're not always going to see eye to eye, but rather we do appreciate your support and uh, keep it coming, my friend. John, do you have, uh, by chance, Dave and Mike and BD jumped in as well? There's Dave Vega. Good to see you. A name we don't recognize, actually, now that I think about it. Zach? Welcome, Dave. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter. We want to be able to shout you out after the show. And the same also, Diamond Rattler. I've looked for you before. I, I don't know if you have a Twitter account. I've not been able to find a diamond rattler. Uh, Dave says, I say, keep seeing what we have in Natani Muti for the remainder of the year. Could have the future O-line locked up. Hashtag Denver born, Houston living. Hashtag trying to be on a vacation. <laughs> Soon. Right on, bro. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, so the Muti thing, very interesting because today, Zach, Vic Fangio gushed. I mean, it's about as close to a gushing compliment you can get from Vic Fangio in what he had to say when he was asked about Natani Muti. And let me see if I can pull it up here really quick. But while I do, what are your thoughts on the idea of just where, what should the Broncos just say, hey, I know we're paying Graham Glasgow 11 million bucks this year, but there's the bench. 
you're paying him anyway. So yeah, I think the die has been cast with Graham Glasgow. Maybe that's reactionary, Chad, but it, 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 do we really want a Lions cast off, first of all? Do we really want a guy that Detroit wouldn't keep? And he wasn't that good this year when healthy. And Muti comes in, Chad Coles, his first major game action, and he was a mauler at right guard. He was moving bodies in run blocking. The guy really impressed me. Was he flawless? No. Was he a Hall of Famer right away? No, but he has some future. If he just stays healthy, that is the future at right guard. And I'm on, I'm in favor of starting the future now and not waiting until 2021. There were, there were some, uh, you know, Face palming, avert your eyes moments for for Muti as a as a pass blocker, but yes, as a as a freaking road grading run blocker, I could not believe how often he was able to get to the second level and doing so effectively, getting out in front, getting to the backers, getting to the nickel, and just opening up lanes. Here's what so Fangio answered kind of a two prong question about the status of Graham Glasgow because again Muti played last week because Glasgow was hurt, and then also what he saw from Muti. Here's what he said: "Quote." Glasgow is obviously much better right now than he was last week at this time. We'll see how it develops during the week. But Muti had a really good game. I was really impressed with his play. You got to remember, this guy only played his first three games in college last year, and then he was injured and missed the rest of the season. This is his first game in probably, as the calendar goes, a year and a half at any level. I thought he went in there and did a very nice job. He made some good blocks, got out on the screen, and made a good block. I thought he played very well. I was very pleased with his play. Zach, I don't think I've ever seen a singular quote from Fangio with so many superlatives. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty complimentary for Vic Fangio. And you know what? I, I think the Broncos coaching staff is as excited as we are when we see a young, exciting offensive line prospect, whether it's a tackle, a center, a guard. Uh, he really was a breath of fresh air. And especially since the Broncos whiffed with Ronald Leary, it seems like they whiffed with Graham Glasgow and they drafted Moody and his number one red flag was his health, his injury status. When he was on the field in college, he was always a force. When he's on the field in the NFL through one game, he's a force. I want to see more of him and less of Glasgow. In a perfect world, I would too. I just don't know how – that's just not the way football teams think in today's day and age. So much is dictated by two things, draft pedigree and salary cap hit, right? How much are we paying you? So I think – if Glasgow is good to go, you're going to see Glasgow back there uh, at right guard. But if there's ever any doubt, I think that game that Muti played against the Panthers gave the Broncos the encouragement and confidence to say, hey, man, oh, you know, Graham, you're not feeling 100%. That's, that's all good. We'll throw in uh, Muti there. I just don't think realistically fans can expect to see the Broncos just bench their $11 million prized guard um, because Muti had one good game. But is it realistic to think that Glass is going to stay healthy either? I mean, judging by his history recently, he's probably going to be injured again or not be able to go. So I believe it's not the last start Muti will make this season. Okay. It'll be fun to see how that shakes out. We got Mike Kane, another name I don't recognize on Super Chat. So welcome, Mike, and thank you. Reach out on Twitter and connect with us, my friend. He says, is it me or did Locke play very Rippin-like on Sunday? Quick reads, ball out quick. Difference is Locke's arm and mobility make him Special, yes. And what you, what you, what's jumping out to you as ripping like is that he managed the game. He took what the defense gave him. And when he took what the defense gave him, it forced the Panthers to start coming closer and closer to the line of scrimmage and then boom, over the top. That's the balance you're looking for. That's the competency. That's the, not just the poise, but just the decision making. And, you know, uh, it's like the saying that they use in that room, the QB room is you can't go broke, take, uh, making a profit. Drew Lock, that, that, uh, Maxim, I guess, finally hit home. He finally recognized that, Zach. And so, yes, cerebrally, 
He looked much more like a competent game manager. And it not only showed up in terms of the Broncos moving the ball, but there were big plays, points on the board, and it was just great to see. Well, if it seemed like Locke played like Rippon, why is that? Who gave Locke the advice this week as Locke uh, revealed, Chad, in his postgame comments? Brett Rippon told him, listen, we wrote an article about this. You're a special player, but you have to know when to do your job. And part of your job entails to take what's in front of you. Check it down, live to fight another down, keep moving the ball forward. That will set up the big place. And Rippon is like a coach on the sideline. Locke is blessed to have Rippon's mentorship and his brains and his intelligence. It's making him a better quarterback on the field. And sure enough, Locke went out there and took what's in front of him, set up the small completions, and hit those big ones down the field to KJ Hamler. Chad, I'll said it before and I'll say it again. If we can put Rippon's brain in Locke's body, it's the ultimate quarterback, but we're getting closer. It's almost through osmosis. He's yeah. learning how to be a smarter quarterback. Thank God for Rippon. I agree. I agree. Uh, B.D. Dutton jumping in with a super chat. Good to see you, Bradley, and we do appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Love the uh, face mask profile pic. Looks great on you, my friend. It says, great show as always, friends. Thank you. Thank you, Bradley. Uh, we also have one here from uh, Kenneth Booker. Everybody knows Kenneth. If you have it handy there, Johnny Baby, thank you, my friend. He says, and thank you, Kenneth. He says, what the team has – what team has a top Chargers. 10 – in offense and defense, but only four wins. Chargers. I think that's the answer, right? Le- yeah, legit. Yeah, Chargers. Yep. Sad. Yep. Coaching. It is. Yeah. Coaching and just the uh, Anthony Lynn is just not it. I don't know what happened. He fell off this year. It's just the Chargers juju. You know, they're, it's like right. they're some somewhere along the way, man, their karma just got knocked off its rocker and that wheel, they can't balance it. You know, they can't balance the wheel of karma because – you finally get all right. You move on from the longtime, you know, I'll just say Hall of Fame caliber franchise quarterback of Philip Rivers, and you end up, you know, lucking into Justin Herbert in the draft in terms of you know perfect position to, to snag him. He starts balling out, putting up volume, and then you just can't close. You can't win games. Like it's just the constant curse of the Chargers. And I, one of my close friends, shout out to Pat Burns out there if you're listening, my friend. But he's a lifelong Chargers fan, and he's just. You know, it's another day, another dollar, but nothing new to him. It's like being a Jets fan. And, and there's one one team out there that might have a worse uh, training staff than the Broncos. It's the Chargers. That team is injury-riddled every single season. Like you said, Chad, they're snake-bitten in a bad way. By the way, Dave, in Georgia, shout-out to you, my friend. It's been really cool to, uh, you know, connect with you on social media from Facebook to, to Twitter and, uh, you know, seeing you, how active you are on social. So appreciate that conversation. He says, I think coaches need the offseason to work out kinks as well as the players. We are such a young team. It was bound to start off slowly. Fair point, my friend. Uh, Jay Ritchie, good to see you, my friends. Been a minute. Been a minute. Hope the hope the missus is doing okay, by the way. He says, what's up, fellas? Keep Pat for Locke's sake. Uh, keep Pat for Locke's sake of consistency. Help me. Why not have – why not have 10 in the slot full-time? Not Why not have Judy in the slot full-time? Judy's route running would be a mismatch nightmare. I don't know, man. I, I think uh, he does play some slot snaps. You see him run out of the slot quite a bit, but I don't know the answer to that. I'll be frank with you. It's one of those, uh, you know, it's a rhetorical question because there's no way for us to really know why Shermer is calling those alignments, you know, as far as the wide receivers in 11 personnel the way he does. I mean, I would uh, gather that KJ Hamler is more the prototypical slot guy, and he wants to keep Judy outside with Patrick. But you know, let's just take you know 
uh, let's just be happy they're taking baby steps with Judy. They're getting him the ball. They're, they're kind of coming around to placating him. They'll get there moving him around. I believe Pat Shermer finally figured out you have weapons. It's good to use them and get them involved. All right, let me see here. We've got one from Dylan, longtime superstar in our community, longtime yes. listener. He's a, he's a Mount Rushmore MHHer, that's and right. that's the truth. Appreciate that Thank you, generosity, Dylan. And uh, it's good to see you, my dog. He says, I've been down on Locke this season, but with the Bills coming up, I can't help but think that maybe Locke will have a similar growth to that of Josh Allen. Rocky's first couple seasons, uh, Rocky first couple seasons, but putting it together years three and beyond. Yeah, I mean, you know, we uh, we kind of had uh, a lot of our colleagues and a lot of people in media did not like us comparing in any way, shape, or form Josh Allen or Drew Locke's, you know, first 12, 13, 14 starts to that of Josh Allen, because it is in, in many ways, Zach, it is cherry picking because for every quarterback who shared a similar stat line and, and, you know, win loss record to Drew Locke in their first 12 to 15 games that, you know, went on to succeed like Allen did, you know, 10 more ended up busting out of the NFL. So I do get that, but there's also unique similarities in terms of situation, in terms of player comparisons, that kind of draw the Drew Locke and Josh Allen comparison a little bit closer in terms of it's just something you have to look at. And Dylan, as I've mentioned to you many times on this podcast, I'm much more inclined to agree with you that I think he's going to end up, it might not be perfectly apples to apples because there are differences in terms of the player, but I think you're going to see him take a big step forward in year three, especially if you see the Broncos like there's smoke signaling this week give him a full off season with Pat Shermer and, and Mike Shula. That means for the first time since his, he first got to Missouri, he's going to have the same scheme in two consistent seasons. So that's, that's going to be huge for him. Yeah. I was going to say for every Josh Allen, there's 10 Josh Rosens and you can really can't, you know, compare one quarterback to another, their situations, their development, every situation is unique. And I wouldn't necessarily use Josh Allen as the barometer, any young quarterback as the barometer. Drew Locke is Drew Locke. And Locke is going to have the development that Locke is going to have. We can make it general and make it a template and say, Allen and Locke are young quarterbacks, and that's the the process. I hate to keep using that word, but it's it's the truth. It's the process of being a young quarterback. You go through the bumps, you go through the the ups and the downs, mostly downs, a lot of head-scratching moments. A lot of times you're questioning whether this is the guy. What are we doing? Should we get another guy in the building? Then you'll have games like Locke had last week where he throws four touchdowns, and you're like, where has this been? Where has this guy been? Can this guy be the guy going forward? Can we maximize this guy? So like Allen, everyone was saying, oh, he was he should never have been a first-round pick. He was a bust. Buffalo made a mistake. All those people are eating those words now. And I know we said it before this season, before injury struck and the pandemic, but a lot of the same people that were down on Locke are going to be eating their words about Locke next season. Dale Rude jumping in. It's good to see you, Dale. Thank you for that super chat, my friend. He says, win, lose, if Locke doesn't throw an interception Saturday. I think that's a big show <clears throat> Excuse me, of growth. Bills have five in the last three games against good quarterbacks. Thoughts? Yeah, man, that was the first out of seven games in a row. That Carolina game was the first one in which Locke didn't throw a pick. So that's definite progress and steps forward. Unfortunately, he did turn it over in the strip sack. and But, you know, that wasn't necessarily his fault. You still, if I'm his quarterback's coach, I'm still hammering home that you should not have lost that ball. Like if, if, if you have two hands on the ball, you know, you can't let it. I don't care what the hit is. You 
take that. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. That ball to the ground. But nevertheless, you can't blame it solely on Locke. As, as far as uh, efficiency goes, give, take, you know, the, the uh, turnover differential, Zach, it's not rocket science. If you don't turn it over, it, or I should say, if you take it away more than you turn it over, your odds of winning are somewhere in the 70 to 80 percentile in the NFL. So we'll see how that shakes out. But the Bills have been quite predatory as a, as a secondary. So Locke's going to have to mind his P's and Q's and, you know, take what they give him. Don't go broke. You can't go broke. If you take the profit, it's when you try and shortcut it and, you know, force it is when the bad things happen. Yeah, but this Buffalo offense is not the Carolina offense, and the Broncos could quickly find themselves down 14, 17, 21 points, and you're going to have to throw and take chances. If Locke throws a pick in this game, it doesn't mean he had a bad game. Don't make that the barometer. One turnover. If he has a four-interception game, fine. That means he had a bad performance, but one pick against a an AFC front runner, a championship content caliber defense, him being a young quarterback. Let's just see what he does after that theoretical pick. Let's see what he does going toe to toe with Josh Allen, how he can move the Broncos offense. Let him just play this game and then judge it after the game. Jonathan Chaverez jumping in. It's good to see you, Jonathan. Dude, I look for you on Twitter every, every night you're in super chat. I can't find you. So if you're on Twitter, connect with us. And a lot of times, Zach, we find that some, so many of our superstars have been following us on Twitter, but their name on Twitter, their handle on Twitter is different than their one on YouTube. So we don't know it's the same person. So whatever the case, when you do connect with us and reach out, make sure you at us on Twitter and let us know who you are, especially if your handles are different. But Jonathan says, Hey guys, should we keep Vaughn? And can we pay him Phil and Simmons and Shelby? So Vaughn's already on the books, right? So he's his final, the final year of his contract is next year. I think it was Benjamin Albright today on Twitter. I think he was just answering a question from someone that was asking, said, you know, he'd be surprised if Vaughn's not on the team next year. And I would concur. I do think there's probably going to be, this is just a speculation on my part. All right. I wouldn't, I would be surprised if the Broncos don't at least approach him about a new deal to, you know, minimize his 2021 cap hit, give him a few more years on that deal. And hopefully he'll be amenable to that. But Vaughn sticks. I don't see any, I don't know, man. I had a little bit. I wasn't sure earlier in the season, but I think 2021 is the is the 
you know, hell or high water season for this team. And I think they're going to need all hands on deck. Yeah, I do think Vaughn stays next year, regardless of a pay restructure. I think he'll be in Denver beyond that. And, and you know, uh, all bets are off. But yes, to answer the question, they have the money, Chad. Re- right now, they have the money to pay at least two of those guys, either Simmons and Phil or Simmons and Shelby. And again, they can clear up so much more cap room. If they release Boye and, and Jarrell Casey and maybe Kareem Jackson, that's $35 million of pure cal- salary cap space and little negligible dead money. So they have ways to finesse the salary cap. And Chad, as always, as Kansas City showed this season, if you want to pay someone bad enough, you find a way to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, the cap wizardry is there. It can be done. We, we even saw Mike Sullivan back in his day do some, you know, some pretty savvy moving around of money, uh, you know, putting guaranteed money into the future. I mean, there's so many things that can be done. Like, that's the greatest example, Zach, is look at what the, where the Chiefs were to open this year and then the big, freaking, huge, massive, you know, flagship contracts they handed out. Where there's a will, there's a way. Right. Drew H., Good to see you, my friend. One of another MHH Mount Rushmore cat. So many of the gang is all here tonight, and it's so great to see all the familiar faces. And Drew, you've been a big part of our success over the last year and a half at least. So we love you. We appreciate you. He says, Zach and I tend to think alike. I don't Uh-oh. want Patrick going anywhere, and I'm not a fan of Shermer, but given Locke a third playbook in three years, dot, 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 your thoughts, Zach? Yeah, um, Drew, you, you're right. We do uh, tend to share a brain sometimes. I like Tim Patrick a lot, and you know, there's no guarantee that whoever you're going to draft with that second round pick is going to be better than what Tim Patrick brings to the team, not only performance wise, but for the locker room and for Drew Locke. And in terms of Pat Shermer, again, I've been his biggest critic to the point where people thought I had a personal axe to grind with the guy. But if it means it's in the best interest of Locke, the best interest of the Broncos offense, I'm willing to go through with it. I'm not rooting for the guy on the back of the jersey. I'm rooting for the team on the front of the jersey. All right, guys, we, uh, we're at the 52-minute mark, and tonight we got to keep it right at the one-hour point. So let's, John, as we go through these remaining superstars, let's we're going to have to kind of rapid-fire them because I do have to bounce right at, at, at 60 minutes. So Diamond jumps in again. Thank you, my friend. If Locke had been wearing that sleeve all year, them dude's stats would be up. His accuracy leaves something to be desired. It's interesting you say that because – that's kind of a common theme I've seen from a lot of fans on social media is, A, it looked really cool, right? He looks badass out there with the sleeve, but it did come out in the wash. Maybe there's, you know, I mean, athletes are very superstitious. Maybe he should continue rocking that sleeve. Yeah, I mean, I, don't fix what's not broken. He looked good and he played good, so keep it going. All right, let me see here, Johnny, baby. Let me see where we're at. Bison M, fellow drummer. And congrats! I saw that uh, your band was named uh, one of the one of the was it top ten uh, underrated doom metal bands out there. So congrats on getting named to that list. Rad to see. I know that's so huge. As someone who used to be in a band, you get recognition like that, and it can it's just it's such a huge lift. So congratulations to you, my friend. He says, "Just saying hi, fellas. Everyone knows what the sequence of emojis means in this case. Good to see you, my friend." Uh, we also got Lawrence Rivera jumping in. Yeah, here's the thing, Lawrence. Uh, appreciate the super chat. I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to reply. Facebook jail sucked. Doing commenting less comments on Facebook from now on. Much love, Broncos Nation. Someone got to bring up weak spots, but done arguing. So, Zach, what he's speaking to is there have been some pretty nasty debates and back and forth of people not treating each other very kindly in the MHH Facebook uh, super mm. fan group. 
And Lawrence, you know, he, he got into it with some guys and I think he was probably muted is what he's speaking to. And uh, it sucks. Sometimes we have to do that to kind of diffuse the situation. We don't 86 anyone unless they're using vulgarity repeatedly and hate speech, um, bullying, things like that. If it's that, then we 86 them. If it's just tempers flaring and guys going at it and, you know, whatever, then we just mute them. And, and like he said, Facebook jail is probably, I think that's what he means. But Lawrence, keep your chin up, dude. We want you in the in the chat. We want you on Facebook. We want you at milehile.com in the comments commenting. But just keep it uh, keep it respectful. And don't think that you got to win every argument, man. Stay your say your piece. And if someone d- uh, disagrees with you, water off a duck's back. That's no skin off your teeth, man. Just let it go. Lawrence, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, buddy. Keep your chin up. All right, John. Let me look here on. The back end, we have the queen, I think, is the next one here. There she is, Christy, MHH, Mount Rushmore. I would probably say, Zach, the first, those are the first two faces on MH Mount Rushmore, MHH Easy. Mount Rushmore, yeah. Zeus and Christy. And, uh, you know, you can really take your pick as far as which one's first. It does, I mean, they're both cornerstone members of this community and and have contributed so much to – this podcast and success in MHH. So we love you, Christy. She says, just saying hi, hope y'all are doing good and you as well. Hope your daughter's doing okay. Yes. Thank you, Christy. Good to see you. All right. We've got also Jay again, Smith Corona, and then uh, Kenneth again, Uh, Jay Ritchie. Good to see you again, my friend. Thank you for the second super chat of the night. He says one more for you guys, 2021, who is carrying the rock? I like Gordon more than I thought I would, but I love Philip. Just seems that Philip Lindsay isn't a starter with Pat Shermer. You know, I was thinking about that today, Zach, and I know we're running out of time, but I thought, you know, it seemed like they really got their wish. They wanted to go out and get Melvin, pay Melvin, you know, make him the the workhorse, make him the bell cow, and kind of marginalize Philip. But at the same time, then I started thinking about it, like that's not actually fair. Even from the outside looking in, Lindsay has struggled to stay healthy this year, and that's really been the biggest problem for him. Not necessarily usage although you and i can pick you know some nits in terms of the way he gets used at times from from sure uh not just at times a lot it seems like 80 percent of his runs are up the middle if not higher than that and i it goes back to last year too and one of my biggest criticisms about scangarella was he was using Lindsay like royce freeman so maybe it's someone in the broncos building maybe it's fangio maybe it's elway maybe it's someone on the broncos coaching staff that's been there beyond pat Shermer that just does not believe in Lindsay as the workhorse but right now um, as it stands, Gordon will be back next season. It's looking like Chad as the nominal RB one. Lindsay should be back on an RFA tender, if not a multi-year deal. You're probably going to see the same setup as if long as Pat Shermer's calling the shots on offense. I mean, basically, what Fangio said today is he's been really pleased with the way Gordon has played. So again, anytime Fangio uses a superlative in to praise somebody, it's a pretty good sign of really where the loyalties lie. And I don't mean in terms of being more loyal to Gordon than Philip, but just, you know, who's got the cachet right now with the coaches. Gordon certainly has it with the Broncos. Smith Corona jumping in. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you. You should get a Twitter account because you're another fellow that I got to reach out and try and find on Twitter. I never see, I can never find a Smith Corona. So if you're on there, connect with us. If you don't have an account, same to you, Lawrence, any of you who don't have Twitter accounts, it's just another way. Go, go create one. It's another way to keep the conversation going outside of the stream. What's up buddies. He says, thank you, my friend. Um, Mark Anthony Ignacio jumping in. Thank you. Good to see you, my friend. 
Same thing, same spiel on Twitter. Reach out to us. 65% two-to-one touchdown to interception ratio and two lock-dependent wins will give me the hope for next year. Year three has to be it, though. Keep killing it. Zach, Chad, John, uh, Fresno State? Fre- I'm assuming. Frest? Fre- Frest. Appreciate that, Mark. Um, I think right now Drew's TDINT ratio is perfectly – it's it's 500 right now. Um, I think it's – what is it? 14-14, I want to say. Let me, let, me, let me eyeball that real quick here. Drew, he's sitting at – 13-13. So what do you want to see on that side of things as the season closes out, Zach? Well, I love that phrase, lock-dependent wins. And I think that's what we all loved about the Carolina game was that they won on the strength of Locke's arm. They won because of Drew, not in spite of Drew. And that's what we want to see going forward. doesn't have to be a four-touchdown game, but just make enough plays where you can maybe justify uh, your placement or your role as the future of the position in Denver. So... I'm not looking at the numbers that specifically, that micro, but on a macro level, Chad, I want to see him make plays. I want to see the Broncos maybe not win games, but just win series and win downs because of Locke under center. Great point. I agree 100%. We got Kenneth Booker always brings interesting questions. Most of the time it's Bronco related, but in this case it's a little bit off topic, but still relevant because here we are, you know, less than two weeks away from Christmas. He says, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Die Hard, Gremlins. Christmas vacation. All right, so here's the deal. There's, Die there's, Hard is a Christmas movie, first of all. Let's end that argument right now. Yes, it is. Okay. I'm going to say Christmas vacation, hands down, number one, top. It can't even be sniffed. It's number one. Then you got Christmas Story is probably number two for mm-hmm. me. Didn't used to be. My wife actually swung me on that over our time being together. And then I'm going to throw in there Elf. Those are my three. It's <laughs> a good movie. I'm not, you know, you guys can call me the Scrooge or the Grinch. I'm not a huge Christmas movie guy. Um, when I was younger, when I was a kid, my mom was loved Christmas stories. So every Christmas she'd play it nonstop. And I'm not a big fan of that. Is that the one with the uh, the leg as the lamp? And he Red shoots Rider. his eye out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Something about that movie rubbed me the wrong way. I, Die Hard's a good one. Elf's a good one. I'm not a huge Christmas movie guy, though. I don't Call me what you want. I, th- I think most of you don't need me to to recommend this to you, but if you have not seen Christmas Vacation, go out and get it right now. You know, de- rent it on Amazon Prime, download it, whatever. It is quintessential for this time of year. Uh, Dario jumping in. Thank you, my friend. Reach out and connect with us on Twitter so we can shout you out. He says, how exciting is this offense next year? Sutton, Patrick, Hamler, Judy, Fant, Albert O., Our line, figuring it out, total offensive explosion. It could very well be. And I think you get them those 14 to 1,600 reps they missed out on this year, and it could very well be. Agreed, and I saw one comment here. This is, yes, this is my number one choice right here. (laughs) Anyone who hasn't seen that is very funny. Don't watch the second one. It didn't have to be made, but the first one is very good. Billy Bob Thornton is a pretty funny guy. Uh, Matt Dewhurst jumping in, another new name on on, uh, Super Chat. So thank you and welcome, Matt. Connect with us on Twitter, my friend. He says, Locke has had arguably three straight solid games in a row. I agree. The overall progression has been positive and got to love the setup for Saturday on national television. Got to wear that sleeve, Zach. That's the key. 
It's the key for sure. Yeah, it's it's locks under the big lights. He he loves this spot. He loves being all the eyes on him, all the attention on him. And like I wrote earlier today, Chad, he went from being a fourth quarter quarterback to a quarterback that had to get the turnover out of his system to being a at least last week a complete quarterback. The progression is there. You want to see him be consistent this week though against Buffalo. All right, guys, we got to keep it right here because uh, I got a thing I got to take care of tonight. So. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us this evening. We love each and every one of you. And a mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars and our Facebook supporters. You guys are the superstars. We love you. Follow us on Twitter, though. This is where one of the ways we keep the conversation going. At Huddle Up Pod, the main account, at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. You want to follow our producer, John Cronenberg, as well. On Twitter, it's at John K, K-A-Y, M-H-H. Trust, you want to you follow him. His tweets, for any Broncos fan, he finds all the goodies, man. He's always throwing stuff at Zach, and I, hey, did you see this? Hey, did you see that? <laughs> Giving us great content ideas, but he's just on top of the news. And believe me, you're going to want to follow him. Now, we'll be back tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag. And a couple of quick programming notes for this week. So because the Broncos are playing on Saturday instead of Sunday, you know, we would normally be – tomorrow night would be our last pod of the week for Zach and I. And then we'd be seeing you on game day, right, on Sunday. Well, this time around, since they're playing on Saturday, which is traditionally the Mile High Insiders Day for the live stream pod, the way it's going to shake out is this. Mile High Insiders, you're going to get a pregame show on Saturday. So they're going to come to you live exactly one hour before kick, all right, for the Bills game. We'll get all those deets out, tweet it out, put it on YouTube so everyone knows. And then Zach and I will do our thing, come to you live at halftime for the rapid reaction. And then we'll come – with the gut reaction immediately following Broncos bills. So that's a little something special. And then we'll be back the next day for, you know, Sunday the, the aftermath pod will end up being on Sunday. And then we'll also, you'll get three days in a row. Bonus this pod is unprecedented three days in a row of the huddle up podcast, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So we're excited for that. We look forward to that. Um, but gang, before we dip on out of here, make sure you please like this videos on YouTube and Facebook helps us out tremendously to grow and reach new, Broncos fans that are just like you. So, Zach, another phenomenal night. Love each and every one of these, our listeners in this community. And uh, we'll see them all, I guess, tomorrow night as well. Favorite pod of the week? Any guys have questions out there? Any gals have questions out there? Any Broncos fan has questions out there? Be sure to hit us up. If not, we'll see you tomorrow night. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.